Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Katherine Taylor. Hey friends, Catherine here, and I want to invite you to join our Girls Gone Gravel Adventures team. Whether you're preparing for your first big bike trip, lining up at a starting line, or just learning to clip in for the first time, it's more fun with a community to cheer you on. This team is a non-competitive team focused on creating a supportive space for cyclists of all levels. We want to make it easy to find the resources you need. So here's what you're going to get. You're going to get a place to connect with like-minded cyclists. You're going to get opportunities to learn from experts like Kristen Legan, Scotty Lechuga, Laura DeCrescenzo, and more. And you're going to get discounts and early access to events and other fun things. So I hope you'll join us. Just check it out at girlsgonegravel.com backslash team. That's girlsgonegravel.com backslash team. Hope to see you there. Hi. I know you had a big old yawn going on. It's late day there. (laughs) It's the end of the day and it it was a big long weekend. So yeah. Yeah. You were at the rad, the inaugural rad. rad. Yes. It was, it was good. It was, it was fun. It's a, it's a great event for sure. Great course, great distances. And then, you know, there's the bike and then there's the run, which we're calling that. Yeah. It's the purgatory challenge. So I did, I did both. I, I rode 99.5 miles. Come on team. Let's make that a hundred. Um, <laughs> you should have just ridden around in the parking lot. <laughs> I literally having to stop my Garmin at 99.5 was so difficult. You, you know, that none of the triathletes would have done that. They would have oh, gone across that. the finish line and they would yeah. have kept riding. I, and, and I thought, well, I could have started it before I got there. Cause then I would have done, I rode to the start. So I certainly did more than hundred miles, but anyway, did that. And then decided to jump in on the half marathon on Sunday, which, you know, literally was Christy's couch to half marathon. Um, cause I really have not been running and have not been running those kinds of distances for sure, but had to laugh because I got through mile nine and then my legs were just like, you're so stupid. This was the dumbest idea ever and did a lot of walking, but that's I me. Mean, yeah. Nine's like a, on a half marathon, it's like, 
you're almost there, but you're still not close enough to be like, I could just push through it. No, you're like, no, I, I, I feel terrible for nine. And then I was like, I'm <laughs> and the guys that were out there photographing on course, I was laughing because they literally were at the top of this one steep climb. And then, then they went to the other side and we're at the, t- at, you know, the other side of the climb coming up the other way. And I was walking at the end of that on both. And, you know, of course, a lot of people were like, see the photographer and start running. I'm not having any of that. I can't like, I'm like, I look better in my picture if I'm walking. <laughs> That's oh funny. my God. But it was, it was fun. So yeah. And Lauren DeCrescenzo and a dominating performance. Uh, yes. Yes. Like almost won the overall. But the less, overall, like two minutes. By one minute and 57 seconds. And crushed the women's field by, by an hour. So, uh, she, she was, I, she did the 165, and I was doing the 99. And although they left 30 minutes before we did, they had this, uh, this loop that they went and did that we didn't do. And so I was totally anticipating them coming along and Lauren comes through, um, in the lead pack of men, like, I'm like, that was just the leaders. And she's like pulling this group, just I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and then she left them. <laughs> oh, fast. So she's, strong. She, I mean, she worked, she puts in the work. She puts in the work. That's just the way it is. So anyway, so yeah, it was, it was fun watching her put on that kind of performance. So it was really good, but yeah. How about your weekend? How was it? Well, I got across the border. So I'm in nice. Canada. I did get stopped at the border. <laughs> it was a little hairy for a minute, um, but everything is in order. I made it through. So I, because like from Seattle, it should technically be very easy to get to Victoria because it's the island kind of right across from it. But the ferry only runs certain days from Seattle and I'm going home on Thursday and that's not one of the days. Mm. Um, and my brother and sister in law are leaving Friday and they were like, you have to be back to get your dog on Thursday. And then, um, the pl- there's a little hopper plane, but it's not flying yet. So I had to drive up, which was only, it was just about three hours. I drove up to the ferry and then hopped on. Um, I can't say the name of it, but it's right across the border. Oh my God. The ferry ride is gorgeous. into the islands around Victoria. And it's just, it's so beautiful. I'm like, I see why people live here. Yeah. So, but you did that when it wasn't winter, (laughs) but you know, Victoria is mild. So they have the same climate as Seattle, except for it's a little sunnier. So I'm like, should I move here? (laughs) But you've already got your apartment. You can't move right now. Yeah. And I'm thinking of buying a van, Christy. Are you really? Just I found one that I'm going to go look at next weekend. Um, I should send you one that I know about. I'm going to do that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I may be van lifing it with you. I I'm all about van life. You know that. So I know that good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, um, we had a guest that was super excited about today because of the images that she just came out with recently that I think most people have probably seen. Um, but she did this leader leaders and gravel series and, um, 
the, just the pictures, I can't even tell you, like they capture people's personalities and passions and everything. Um, so magnificently. Yes. Dominique powers. She's a powerhouse in and of herself. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. That was a good, that was a good one. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, and she did your image as well for the, the thing. He did my image, um, which, you know, like not to brag. I don't know. That does, it sound, seems weird, but you should was, brag. That image is really, fantastic. It was a really amazing was image. Amazing. And I, it took, uh, I don't ever, I'm not very photographic. So, um, and, and it's like, it's fine. Like, I don't care. It's just me, but she was able to do it. And I was just like, oh my God, that's it all of the images are amazing. And I, you know, I was, it's fun to get an image of yourself that you're like, Oh, wow. I really like this. Yeah. Yeah. This is good. I love my hat. New profile pic for everything for (laughs) the next three years. I know. (laughs) Changing it all. (laughs) I love, well, I thought it just, it captured, um, your grit and your determination and your endurance to like walk through the hard things and the change. I just, when I saw it, I was like, this is everything I've come to know about Christy over this past year and a half. So I love it. I love this conversation with her and kind of her process and she's a true artist. She's an artist. And I think that we in the gravel community are going to get to see a lot more of her images. And, and I think she brings a great perspective to it. And so it's going to be fun to watch what comes next from Dominique. Yeah. All right, well, we're going to get on to our interview with Dominique Powers. Christy, we have a new sponsor on the podcast. What? Joe J. Bars has come on as one of our sponsors. Shut up. Joe J. Bars are the best. I know. We both got to try them after the founder of, of Joe J. Bars, Jess Sarah, came on the podcast and she sent us a sample box. Uh, which one was your favorite? Uh, my favorite was lemon blueberry quinoa, which I was not expecting. How about yeah. you? Uh, mine was the pancakes and bacon, which tastes just like pancakes and bacon. It tastes just like pancakes and bacon. And it's great. It's great to use on the bike or if I'm running late or trying to get out the door for a ride, which usually I'm running late and trying to get out the door. Uh, (laughs) I just grab it and have breakfast on the way. Yep. They taste good. And you know, they're good for you too. Jess is a chef and an athlete, and she's not putting anything in her bars that she wouldn't put in her own body. Yeah. So they're all gluten-free. They don't use any artificial flavors or protein powders. It's all uh, formulated just for you for training or riding or just any adventure that you've got going on. And knowing Jess, I bet she sent you a code. She did. So (laughs) listeners of the podcast can can go to jojbars.com and use the coupon code GRAVELLOVE15. That's all lowercase, GRAVELLOVE15 for 15% off all your orders. Nice. I'm going to get some before we go on our next gravel trip. Agreed. Hey friends, we don't want chafing to keep you on the sideline from riding your bike. So we're bringing you some good news about chamois butter. Chamois butter has come on as one of the sponsors of the girls Gone gravel podcast. They've been making chamois cream for over 30 years and they've got tons of five-star reviews. So if you have ever been to your bike shop, you've probably seen that iconic purple and yellow tube. There are several different versions, including the original, the pH neutral, her, tingly Euro style, which I'm very intrigued by, 
<laughs> and coconut with certified organic ingredients. They've got a special for our Girls Gone Gravel listeners. You can head over to chamoisbutter.com and you get free shipping on any orders of two tubes or more. They also have really fun limited edition merch, which I've got their cool chamois butter sweatshirt. These things, I wear this sweatshirt all the time. It's one of my favorites to wear. It's very soft and very warm. I could say if you get any of their chamois butter gear, you will definitely stand out in a crowd. When we were at uh, an event a couple of years ago, a guy had a chamois butter kit on and everybody knew who he was. Like everybody was cheering for him. So if you want to stand out, go over, get your two tubes of chamois butter, get your free shipping, and then find some cool swag and merch. Yep. I think that sounds like a great idea. Hi, Christy. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I see your hat collection behind you. Yeah. Always wear the hat. So I love it. (laughs) Um, You had a really great photograph that came out recently in a hat. I, I did. It was probably one of the um, only times I've seen a picture of me that I actually liked. So, and I immediately was like, we need that photographer on the show. And we got her today. And we got her. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Very happy to be here. Yeah. Welcome, Dominique. Hello, hello. Dominique, tell us a little bit about you. Tell us how you got into cycling and cycling photography specifically and all the things you do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, like many others, got very into cycling during the quarantine. It um, quickly became apparent that if I kept doing home, home workout videos with my roommate, I would go absolutely bananas. And so like many others, I reached towards my bicycle and the open roads that were so absent of cars, especially here in Los Angeles, and started riding and just fell so head over heels. Um, quickly realized that the bike I had wouldn't suit my needs uh, and kind of stumbled upon through a Facebook marketplace, a really great, great bike that um, really allowed me to do the distances and the climbs that I was excited about and really just took, took off from there and fell into the community through, you know, reaching out over Instagram to other women riders in LA. And, you know, you start riding with one person and you get introduced to their friends and it grows and it grows. And now I, with my friend India, are leading a group ride of, of like a Saturday a month. And that's been really special. Um, so it's, it's been really incredible for bikes to take on this huge role in my life, both athletically and community-wise and friendship-wise and artistically as well. Um, the first cycling photography shoot I had was uh, for Rafa. They reached out to... Uh, for me to shoot a portrait of Elliot Jackson, who was their first mountain bike athlete. And um, I, you know, pulled out my medium format film camera, my Pentax, which is what I later then shot the photograph that you were referring to um, on. And after that, I, I mean, I've always really loved shooting athletes as an athlete. I feel like I can really relate to the subject. Um, and getting into cycling and starting to shoot cyclists, it just felt so natural for that to be a progression. And uh, the next shoot I had was for Giro and I've shot for them a couple times and they've really welcomed me in and um, 
really love working with all of my friends over there and have been able to ride with people and I've actually been in a shoot for them so it's fun to have been on on both sides of of the lens for that um and yeah it's it's just kept kept growing and the this portrait project that I just completed this summer it it just felt like a natural progression for what I wanted to do artistically well you're speaking of the legends of gravel leaders of gravel leaders I mean gravel. really the same thing leaders of gravel. you are a legend Christy you are a legend <laughs> yeah. starts with an L like it's 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 late in the day here in Kansas mm -hmm. so leaders of gravel. I mean, obviously like looking through it, I, I, of course I was honored, very honored to be part of it, but I'm looking at the women that you selected and then thinking, heck, you need to do a leaders of gravel part two, because there's probably another, like, absolutely, you know, so, yeah. so many of us out there. That's, that's what's exciting now is, you know, having the story out and having more people know me and know my work and kind of get to know my process and how I approach photography mm -hmm. and having it be this intimate and authentic yet elevated style. I'm now, you know, finding, the, you know, these other women and, you know, creating and capturing the stories of, you know, not just the people that I've already photographed, but who else and how else can I, you know, uplift people who, you know, need to be seen more. Yeah. Well, I want to back up because I want to talk a lot about this project, but I want to back up and just kind of hear your history as a photographer, like how you got into that, how you started shooting athletes, like give us a little bit more of Dominique's story. Yeah. Well, growing up between Stumo Springs, Colorado and Middlebury, Vermont, I spent all my time adventuring in the mountains and was a very sporty child. I did all the kind of in endurance sports, cross-country running, cross-country skiing was the big one and always had a camera with me. You know, when I was really little, it was just a little, you know, point and shoot Canon, whatever, where you turn it on and the lens pops out. Um, and then in high school, got my first DSLR, which is one of the more like professional looking cameras. And I would bring it to all of my cross-country races and ski races and I would race and then I would pull out my camera and you know run run back to the course to document my my teammates and friends on other teams so that I think was when that started but it wasn't until more recently that I've like reapproached it uh, from like a portrait perspective um but so growing up, photography was very important to me. Uh, and I think I was really fortunate. Like I didn't get a smartphone until, you know, mid-college. So my interaction with photography as an art form was through either my film camera or a DSLR. So I always kind of approached it from this more artistic point of view where like I'm creating an image. I'm not just like, you know, snapping away. On, on my iPhone, which now like I have 40,000 photos on my phone, uh, out of control, out of control. Um, <laughs> but you yeah. know, our, depending on our relationship with cameras, our uh, relationship with taking pictures is, is very different. So I think having like a camera in my life, but not having it be this like easily accessible tool, maybe kind of slow down in my approach to image making and be more kind of thoughtful about it 
and then in university, I studied art education with a concentration in photography. So as an art ed student, it was basically a studio art major is taking all the art classes, art history, um, and then the education aspect on top of that. And part of the um, preparing me to get my license was student teaching. So I taught at a high school and had two photo classes. And it was then like through teaching photography that kind of like my excitement and understanding of it really deepened. Because of course you learn something even better through teaching it because you really need to, to understand it yeah. in order to, you know, kind of re regurgitate. Um, and then after that, I got my teaching license, living in Vermont, working at a photo studio up there and realized that like, I really loved commercial photography and wanted to do more. And I ended up moving to New York city where I worked at a very big photo studio there for about a year and a half after which I left and started working as a digital tech. What a digital tech does is onset color editing and file management for photographers on big photo shoots, a photo shoot where there's a client on set and, you know, in New York, it's a lot of fashion. So you have a whole hair and makeup and styling team. And, you know, it's anywhere from 20 to 50 people coming together to create photographs for a brand for a magazine for, um, you know, a client of sorts. And so as the digital tech, like I was in charge of all of the images, essentially, that they existed in the first place, and also that they were exposed, right, that they were in focus, you know, I'm, would be tethered to the camera. So the camera, instead of shooting to a memory card, would be connected directly to the computer. So when a photo was taken, it would be immediately stored on my computer and running a software called capture one, I was able to, you know, have a whole folder organization file naming, uh, was able to create like a color curve that were applied to the images as they were created. So no one is ever seeing a raw image. They're seeing what the photographer's vision is live as they're shooting the photos. So it was this really incredible position where I'm working with a bunch of different photographers who have different workflows, different creative processes, different ways of interacting with the client, interacting with the subject. And it was a really special position and thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, was teching for a digital capture company where I was full full time with them and they moved me out to LA, which was great. And I started their LA office. And then when the quarantine, when COVID came around, when the pandemic started, however, however we phrase that now, um, it, it was just such a point of reevaluation for, you know, for so many people, but for me, I really realized that as much as I enjoyed working for photographers, you know, working in fashion and advertising just wasn't as fulfilling as I wanted it to be, especially working on someone else's work and um, wanted to be devoting more of my time and like, you know, emotional and creative energy on my own work. And so this past year, that's really been the the big emphasis and have been very fortunate to have gotten in with 
um, you know, with Jiro and shooting for Giordana and um, Rafa, you know, it, it was a very organic transition into shooting in this space that, um, like that I partake in. And so it has really been, it has been fulfilling. Like it's, it's been everything that I've wanted it to be. Um, Where did those I, connections to the, to Rafa come from and Jira, the, was it just, um, they'd seen your work? They, yeah. How oh, cool. Yeah. I got, I got a cold email and you know, that's, that's the best because it was so rewarding to feel like, you know, I had just been working on personal projects, which is great, but it was like, well, the, this is the work that I want to be creating. And for someone to see that and say, yes, that's the work that we want you to be creating but for us like is ideal yeah that's awesome instead of trying to you know fit myself into uh, a place where you know I'm, I'm not excited I feel like through the process that I've had of working with clients I've kept a lot of like creative control and kept my voice in it which is so important because ultimately that's why they've brought me on for the project is for you know, like my vision and ability to interact with a subject and uh, makes me really excited for everything to come. Uh, Cause I, I feel like, you know, it's only going to be only going to be more. I think that's just, it's, it's so cool to hear. And then the fact that, you know, you've turned into this endurance cyclist as well. It fits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, in the midst of this month long road trip over which I'm shooting the biggest project that is the most meaningful like I'm so creatively just like just oh just soaking up so much goodness in my work I also do my first bike race which was the 100 mile blue course of steamboat gravel and so not only am I photographing these women but I'm also you know lining up on the start line with them and like crossing the finish line and you know falling into each other's arms all you know sweaty and cracked out as we are at the end of a race like that. Uh, so that was, it was just amazing for it all to come together like that. That's amazing. So tell, how did the, the leaders in gravel come, like where did that come from and how did you, yeah, tell us the story of that. For sure. It all like, like magnets, kind of slamming into place in like a Tetris block. It's like things move slowly. And then all of a sudden over the course of three days, I like had this road trip planned, had communicated with the Radivist to um, shoot the story. Like I, I pitched it, I'd found out who they were and then pitched it to them and got John Watson's thumbs up. I was like, great, I'm doing story for the Radivist. Um, to having like five or six of the athletes lined up and knowing that I had a very open road full of many opportunities ahead of me. Um, but the seed of the project I think started about a year ago where I had the idea to shoot a portrait series of women as leaders in the outdoors and athletics was kind of the, the that, project's working title, which ultimately never got off the ground because I started thinking about it and reaching out to people about it when I was still working as a tech a lot. And so 
it was just impossible to do all the logistics and the planning while I was, you know, actively working on other shoots and COVID was getting bad. It was, you know, late October, early November when the holidays was coming up and there was the election. It just, it didn't feel like it was the right time for that body of work to come into existence. Um, so that was put on hold. Uh, but, you know, I've been thinking of creating portraits of women in women as leaders in athletics and for that to kind of then be narrowed into cycling and be even more narrowed into gravel, I think gave it more life because um, it became very personal for me mm-hmm. in which like I was creating this project over a course of time where like I was getting really into gravel cycling. Like I just got my gravel bike in, in April. And so, you know, over the last summer have just been falling in love. And um, so it's all been very like present and relative and like prevalent in my life right now. And so to take that enthusiasm into this project has just been incredible. Um, but the, so I had this idea and then um, find out about the Radivist and literally DM'd John and was like, you guys are rad. Like, how do I get involved? <laughs> it just seemed like I just had this like energy. It was like the magnets, you know, there's, there was something bringing us together and, you know, he did an email intro and it's like, this is what we're about. Like, if you have any ideas, I think it's really great that like he allows the photographers that he works with to like pitch stories. And so it's very much like their creative vision and their ideas. And so that felt very freeing, especially over the course of the project when it, you know, like more athletes were added and like the conversations I was having with the athletes kind of shifted. And even in how I was like thinking about the layout and presentation, once I had edited the photos, like I, I never felt like restricted by him or by the Radivist. I felt like it was very much like my story to create and deliver how, you know, how I wanted it to. And I was, I was very particular. I like explicitly said in many emails, like I, I really care about the layout because with the quotes and, you know, the spacing, Mm -hmm. like I had spent so much time making sure everything was lined up and um, making sure the quotes fit where they could. Cause I wanted, you know, I wanted everyone to have a quote with their photos. And so for some it's one photo and the words and for others, it's two photos and the quote either, you know, fitting in kind of, kind of where it could. Um, but yeah, it was, it was great. I felt very like encouraged to take my time with the process, which was you know, great. Well, it was, it was beautiful. I mean, it was a piece of art, not, you know, just not from a biased perspective. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I made it and I think it's beautiful too. (laughs) What are some of the, oh, go ahead. (laughs) Um, I guess like I, I go back and like, I've, I've talked about it. Um, and like pr- presented it and I, I still get kind of s- stopped in my tracks when I, when I hit 
you know, every portrait for a different reason is, is a favorite. And uh, it, it's just so special to create work that you love so much. Yeah. So thank you. It means a lot. What are some of the things that you feel like you learned about the women in gravel cycling in particular, like as you did these, like, you're like mm. are you seeing any themes or like any kind of a cool story thread that's coming out around there? I learned that the women in cycling and in gravel cycling are just so passionate. They're passionate about the sport that they do. And they're so passionate about each other and uplifting each other and supporting each other. And that, you know, everyone really sees this sport as a as a place for, you know, change and growth and like the, the potential of it, which is something that I touch on in, in the writing piece like that, it was just so prevalent. And I think that's why everyone's so excited and passionate about it is because, you know, everyone that I photographed can make a change in the sport and can make it, you know, better and more open and more welcoming and, more inclusive and you know, like every one of them can excite another person, another woman to get excited about gravel and get, get on the bike. So that, that was really special. Like, and not, not, not only, well, um, sorry, just like, there's, there's so much enthusiasm and like, like I, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I am one of, I, no, I, I also have so much passion and excitement and see the potential for change. Um, everyone was just so excited to talk about it, to mm-hmm. have the opportunity to engage in a meaningful conversation about the sport and about its past and about its future. And, you know, like what the challenges of gravel are and how can it move forward? Like there were so many times when, you know, we'd meet at 7 a.m. as the sun's coming up and the light would be beautiful. And then we would spend 40 minutes talking because we just couldn't stop engaging with each other in this conversation. And then the light wouldn't be as great, but like we would be all the more connected. And, you know, I, I was able to maybe pull something a little more vulnerable or a little deeper out of them. But yeah, listening to the interviews, like everyone was like 20 to 40 minutes long. And, you know, that would just be when I had like ultimately hit, hit record and then kind of when the conversation ended. So like each person, each woman that I photographed, we spent time, like nothing was ever rushed. And I think everyone was so grateful for that to have someone take the time to care and then to share them and their voice. Um, and also to be photographed by another female cyclist, I think was special. Like there, there were multiple subjects who were like, this is the first time, like I've only been photographed by dudes before this. And that was very cool. And, um, it just feels like it's only the beginning. 
I think, I think the, the thing that really struck me was that, you know, when we're looking at, at the sport of gravel and as it, as it's grown up, we've been very fortunate to have so many women leaders in the space. And I think that's where we have, that's, I think why we have this opportunity to truly make it different and not be what UCI, USAC, you know, like that type of racing is because there wasn't women leadership when those organizations were formed and trying to reverse all of that's a super hard thing to do, but like what, what we're trying to do in gravel is like blaze a new trail forward. And, and, and I think that's possible because we have, we've got so many amazing women out there that are doing exactly what you were saying, like lifting each other up. And, you know, like when you, when you talk about leaders of gravel and you look at women, I'm like, good Lord, there's, I know so many, like, you know, you, you couldn't exhaust that list. I don't think. Um, so it's, I, I think you did a really good job capturing that. And I loved reading each other's, each other's perspectives on that. And, you know, the space that they're in, whether it was personal or professional or community driven, um, there's definitely the passion that I didn't see a lot of egos in, in your story. Um, that that's really, truly what we're there. What we're trying to do is make it more inclusive. Do we get it right all the time? Mm -mm. But but the effort is what is what counts. And as long as you keep putting forth that effort. So yeah, my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I appreciate the rat of us giving the space. I mean, that was a big, they gave, they didn't give a little space. They gave a lot. It was, it was pretty big on the, on the platforms out there. Yeah. It was very special, very special to see. Um, and, and the whole time John was so supportive and enthusiastic which which was great very very appreciated so what are you dream what are you dreaming of for the future are you going to give us the inside scoop Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um more stories um for sure i mean it's i think that i like my approach to Photographing athletes comes from a very, I don't know, a, a place of a lot of like mutual respect, but also like I photographed every woman on this project with the same, you know, like I, I came to the shoot with the same enthusiasm, the same respect, the same curiosity, um, you know, it, it didn't matter their their accolades and that is kind of how I approach shooting athletes in in general and um, definitely want to do more of you know telling people's stories and amplifying voices that haven't really been um, you know been heard and whether that's you know more personal projects or editorial, more stories for the Radivist, or, you know, whether that is with a larger brand like Rafa or Specialized, like I just look forward to approaching these stories with the same excitement and enthusiasm and um, 
yeah, very, very op optimistic for what's to come. Are you going to race some more gravel? Heck yeah. <laughs> I got to come out to Kansas, you know, Yes, you do. You got that, that little race. On I don't your think I can now. do the 200 miler, but <laughs> you can, you can, yeah. do you, it's the question of if you want to train that much, that's yeah. the question. You do can do it. Anybody it? can do it. If do you, you want, want to train that much is the question. Oh yeah. Anybody yeah, yeah. can do it. It's just the training. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, I think that will, yeah, depend on how busy this winter gets with, with shooting. I mean, even this, this fall, I was signed up to do Stetna's pay dirt and Grinduro and both were canceled because of the, the forest fires, forest fires. and yeah. pay dirt is rescheduled for May. So I, um, I'm doing that when that comes around. Um, but it like, I, I mean, of course was, was very sad, but it was also kind of a relief after the summer and how hectic it was and how much riding I did. And, you know, just like the emotional and physical investment of, you know, road tripping for a month and creating this project, like this fall has been one of recovery and, um, not as much time on the bike. So I'm, I'm thinking that after, you know, a couple months of a lot of, you know, kind of creative work that I'll get my, my athletic itch back, um, to get, you know, spend hours, one hours. But it's, it's great now to be at the point for it to be something that I can, you know, hop on the bike for three hours and feel fine. Um, so like, I, I'm still excited to get on, get on some good rides, but so it's not the like, you know, 10, 12 hour weeks that I was putting in this yeah. summer. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's going into winter. Everybody goes down a little. Yeah. Well, where, if people want to find, first of all, if people haven't found the, the series yet, they, so they go to the rad, radivist to find that is that correct yes so the story is uh under the repertoire page on the radivist or it is also on my website which is dominiquepowers.com and it is under the projects page awesome and then where else can people follow you if they want to follow you on social absolutely instagram is probably the best one and it is likewise my name dominique powers great so somebody has a great story dominique she may yeah. show up <laughs> doing some photos of you just make sure you wear your hat, <laughs> wear your hat. if you haven't seen christy it is a fabulous oh, photo it's a great hat christy it's a great <laughs> hat yeah i need to be sponsored by guren <laughs> christy made me buy a hat this summer and i have to say it was one of the best decisions of i told you to buy the hat and you did. <laughs> so. people are like you look so good when you're in that hat yep so well dominique thank you so much for taking some time with us today and I want everybody to go check out um, the story and we'll look forward to seeing more legends of gravel in the future I agree yeah thank you so much for having me Christy do you know one thing that I'm really sick of what is that all the freaking trends and that are coming out in wellness like eat this uh, avoid that I don't even yeah, know where to start uh, yeah, I don't know where to start. I don't know who to trust. Yeah, but we have a new sponsor that I'm pretty excited about. Have you have you yes. done your setup? Yeah, I'm so stoked. Yeah, 
So Inside Tracker is our new sponsor, and they're going to cut through all the noise, and they're going to analyze our blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. And then we get personalized, science-backed, trackable action plans for how we should eat, age, we need that, and perform better. I know. I'm excited. It's The cool thing about it is it's, it's cheaper, and it's way more convenient than the traditional blood tests. Um, they include biomarkers that are key to performance. So, so information that we're not getting from traditional blood tests. Um, and I think my favorite part is that they're not just going to give us the data, but they're providing us with nutrition and lifestyle tips to help us take action and cut through the noise. Yes. I love that. Cause I feel like whenever I go to the doctor and I get blood tests, I have no idea what to do with them. Right? Exactly. Yep. And I don't, they don't apply to like whatever I'm doing. Um, and the good news is because they are a sponsor of the podcast, all of you all get 25% off their entire store. You just go yes. to insidetracker.com slash girls gone gravel. Change is an inside job. Start on the inside. You have been listening to the girls gone gravel podcast. This podcast is edited and produced by the team at live feisty media. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating. It really helps other women find the podcast and be sure to follow us at girls gone gravel on Instagram or Facebook.